Please turn your Bibles with me or your phones or whatever device you find your scripture in. 1 Corinthians 12 today, we're going to be starting with the scripture. 1 Corinthians 12, starting at verse 3. Therefore, I want you to understand that no one speaking by the Spirit of God ever says, let Jesus be cursed. And no one can say, Jesus is Lord, except by the Holy Spirit. Now, there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are varieties of services, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but it is the same God who activates all of them in everyone. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. To one is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom. And to another, the utterance of knowledge, according to the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by the one Spirit. To another, the working of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, the discernment of spirits. To another, various kinds of tongues. To another, the interpretation of tongues. All these are activated by one and the same Spirit who allots to each one individually just as the Spirit chooses. For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the one body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. For in the one Spirit we were all baptized into one body, Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and we were all made to drink of one Spirit." On this Pentecost Sunday, we celebrate the third member of the triune God, the Holy Spirit. Leading in tandem with the Father and the Son, the Spirit is always at work. In fact, in our reading today, one of the words popped out at me because it was different than I had read before or had remembered. We see it in verse 6. Paul is saying there are a variety of services gifts, and activities, but it is the same God who activates all of them in everyone. The Holy Spirit activates God's presence in our lives. He says it again in verse 11. All of the gifts listed here are activated by the Spirit to each of us, just as he chooses. If you've ever taken the Strengths Finder test, you will recognize this attribute. In this test, there are 34 recurring themes which are measured in one's life. The more dominant a theme is in a person, the more they will express that strength in their life. Their names give a clue as to what they are. Strategic, positivity, relator, maximizer. The idea is that you find your top five, and it helps you understand the ways that you live into your strengths in your life. One of the strengths is activator. Now, we know that God embodies all the strengths and the gifts possible, but here, Paul is saying that the Holy Spirit activates God's presence in us, God's life in us. Listen to the definition of activator from the Strengths Finder. People with the strength of activator are the ones who make things happen. One of their most recognizable behaviors is the ability to turn thoughts, ideas, and concepts into action. In fact, the strength of activator can be best described or characterized as action. 
When I read this, I thought, ah, this explains many things to me about the Holy Spirit. The Spirit comes on the church to people gathered to galvanize the believers into action. Let's get moving, people. Jesus had told them to wait. Wait here. And now the Spirit comes and he says, no more waiting. The time has come. We are being sent out. We are going literally to save the entire world. In this passage, we see the Holy Spirit activates the life of Jesus to those who believe in him. Paul says in speech, in serving by using gifts, and in how it is that a disparate group of people become family. You see, all of these actions require supernatural intervention. None of these things happen naturally. They need activation by the Spirit. In this short passage, I was thinking there are many roles that the Spirit actively plays in the life of the church. He helps us understand who Jesus is. He helps us understand the Lordship of Christ. The Spirit is our teacher. He creates the gifts each person will have. All the gifts that you have. All the uniqueness that you are. The Spirit is the architect of our souls. He uniquely brings our gifts together in service to him, making the body effective. I was thinking that the Spirit is the conductor of the church. He makes us one body, although we come from many places, and express faith in different forms. The Spirit is a true artist. So the picture here that Paul is giving is of a church vibrantly alive by God's Spirit. That is true today. The same spirit that was present at the creation of the world, that led Moses up the mountain to receive the law, that lived in King David, that empowered Mary to say yes to the angel, that raised Christ from the dead, that is the same spirit that lives in you and lives in me and is the architect of the church. The spirit came on the people in a powerful way at Pentecost. But he has, always be, he has always been in the picture and will continue to help us understand who God is. You see, Paul is affirming to the Corinthian church how the Spirit works because the believers there were having a difficult time understanding. The Spirit was there. The Spirit was working in them. But there was competition. And there was confusion. And there was chaos so Paul is helping them differentiate between enthusiastic spiritual expression, which they knew from their various religions and their culture, and what God's presence moving among them looks like. How do we know what is nebulous spirituality and what is the Spirit of God? Paul says it is when people say with their words with their lives and their actions, that Jesus is Lord. That's how you know that the Spirit of God is present when that is happening. Because the Lordship of Christ is the basis of the fellowship of God's people. And the Spirit is vital to us grasping that truth and being assured of that reality in our lives. In John 14, 26, Jesus says this, The Counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and bring to remembrance all I have said to you. In that moment, the 
followers of Jesus understood that he was their Lord. We understand today that Jesus is Lord because the Spirit has come to dwell among us. On this Pentecost Sunday, we are taking communion, the remembrance Jesus instituted before his death. As you come forward today, you are saying that Jesus is Lord of your life. So I want you to think about how the Holy Spirit has activated that truth in you and in your life. The Spirit is the manifestation of Christ in you, in your speech, in your unique giftings, in how you serve him in the world, in how you participate in his body. How does the Holy Spirit speak aloud that Jesus is Lord through your life? Communion is a time of examination. It's a time of commitment where we pause and breathe and allow the Holy Spirit to speak deeply to us. It's a moment where we ask God honestly to show us where we have not been honoring him. It's a few minutes for us to ask God to assure us the places where we're getting it right, to affirm in us the ways that we are proclaiming Jesus is Lord. What a better day than Pentecost to ask the Spirit to work in us deeply to show more evidence of what our heart has decided. These people who are going to be baptized today have said, I want the world to know that I'm a Christian. That's what being baptized is. That's what being his people is. That that would happen more and more and more. That we would decrease and he would increase. So let us surrender today what it is that our hearts are holding on to whether relationships or our gifts or our money or our individuality so that we might better be used for the common good of his church so that we might be motivated by his deep love and concern for all who would come. Because the Christian life is not just a spiritual one. It is one where we are surrendered to Jesus and the spirit lives and breathes and has his being in our core. So then we join with all others who have agreed and who are living this God-infused life. And somehow the Spirit makes us one, even though we are varied in so many ways. This is a great mystery, like Jim prayed today. It is a mystery how it is that we become one in his body. How the Spirit works out our differences to make us one cohesive whole is a miracle. I want to end with a quote from John Wesley's notes on verse 13. For by that one spirit, which we received in baptism, we are all united in one body. Whether Jews or Gentiles, who are at the greatest distance from each other by nature. Whether slaves or free men, who are at the greatest distance by law and custom. We have all drank of one spirit. In that cup received by faith, we all imbibed one spirit who first inspired and still preserves the life of God in our souls. It is our immersion in Jesus that makes us one. No matter our cultural heritage or 
where we've been in this life or how he has made us unique. His sacrifice brings us together and the spirit carries on that work. We are made to drink one spirit. So let us drink together the power of God's spirit actively working in our lives and church today.